0: Good morning, faith fam. How's everybody doing today, huh? Welcome to October. Wow, some of you got happy. Wow, nobody likes the sun in here, I see. Man, it is so good to be with you on a beautiful fall Sunday morning. I hope you have your Bibles with you today. You can open them up to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, and then also, I want to encourage you as well to open up the Version Bible app. If you didn't bring, I'm kind of old school. I like going through the pages. I kind of miss the, the noise of rustling Bible pages in church. But uh, you can also click on the Version Bible app. Under the More tab, there's a Live Events, and it's located. it's connected right here to this location. So you can follow right along with us. The link's provided for you online as well. I did a couple of things intentionally today. Uh, there's not going to just be a few things that are on this screen behind us, just basically my the, the, the main text and the main points, but there's a lot more that's actually in the YouVersion Bible app today. And one of the reasons I did that is because I want us not to just be consumers. A lot of us, sometimes we can come and, you know, whether you feel like maybe this is a trendy church for you, you know, it's popular, we have a large attendance or whatever, and everybody's here, and so it feels good, so you can just kind of come and be kind of lost in the shuffle, even though there's a bunch of people, you're all alone, and nothing really changes in your life, I want that to stop today. I believe you have a life of significance. And when you dig deep down into the word of God, you're going to find the truth of God's word that will come alive in your life, and you will live an impactful, meaningful life that will not only change you, but will change everyone you ever come in contact with. It's a powerful truth to know that when we dig into deep into God's word, the Bible says study to show yourself approval workman that can rightly divide the word of truth. And so uh, we're going to do that today. We're going to dig deep into scripture. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures today, and so I do believe there's bonus points in heaven for those that- to take notes, so uh, you might even get an extra spare room off the side, I don't know, you know, you get, get that, get that uh, premium spot on Main Street, you can see the golden, uh, this, the clear crystal river right down the main, whatever, uh, but uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and reading from verse 18, or from 16 through uh, 21, actually, 18 through 21, so if you have your Bibles, would you stand for the reading of God's word, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse 18, reading through verse 21, again you can follow right along in the Version Bible app, Appreciate everybody joining us today. Also, want to welcome you again. Those who are online, we we love you joining us today as well. Second Corinthians, chapter five, starting at verse eighteen. And this whole passage of scripture, all of verse chapter five is talking about reconciling us back to God and the new resurrection life that we get to live, that the old is gone and the new is come. And we actually don't have to, I don't know if you know this or not, you don't have to wait till you physically die to experience resurrection. You can live the resurrected power of Jesus Christ right now in your life. And it starts with a simple decision. Amen. So here's, uh, this is what kind of Paul is wrapping up here in, in chapter five of uh, verse 18. Now it says, and all of this, is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ and God has given us the task, listen, of reconciling people to him. You know, that's our job. That's what we say here at Faith Assembly, reaching people to reach their purpose. What's everyone's purpose? To fall into a relationship with the creator that made them to have relationship with him. That's reaching people to reach their purpose. That our task is to reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting, counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. How many old school AG kids do I have in the house? You used to remember, used to be called CAs. How many remember that back in the day? Christ's ambassadors. it, thank you so much. I'm not the only old person in the room. Make me feeling good. So we are Christ's ambassadors. She wears that with a badge on. Look at her; she's smiling so happy. She knows. See, hey, Christ's ambassadors. Remember the song? You want to sing it for him? Oh, I didn't figure you did. Okay. That's where we draw the line. Okay. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Do you realize that? Your life is an appeal to the world. Whoa. How you live is showing an appeal to the world. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For listen, now this is our key verse, verse 21. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Other translations say, he became sin, who knew no sin, so that we might be called the righteousness of God. How many remember last week in the park, in Marshall Park, Pastor Jason declared that once again, our city, Uniontown, our community, Fayette County would be called a city of righteousness for the glory of God. It starts with our decision we're going to make right here this morning. Come on, let's pray. Father, one more time, would you release the power of your written word into our lives? Lord, in the mighty name of your son, Jesus, Lord, may strongholds fall. Lord, as we make decisions to follow you, Lord, to lay aside the weight and the sin that's so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us in the name of jesus christ god i trust you i surrender to you god have your perfect way in jesus mighty name come on and everybody said Amen. amen amen god bless you you may be seated this morning so this morning I, I want to chat with you a little bit about this message that God's really been revealing to me over the last week or so. And, and uh, I, before, this, uh, before this week, I was going a totally different direction. And then God just really started speaking into my life and asking, uh, you know, uh, and, and talking to me about some things. And sometimes people say, well, Tim, how do you know God's talking to you? Because oftentimes there's thoughts and ideas and things that come into my heart and in my mind that I know are not for me. How many are with me right now? And they reflect the voice of God as I've read in his word. That's how I know they're from God because they reflect the voice of God from in His Word, and and so this this morning I I I, I know and it's it, this is going to be a it's a difficult message for me to to, to deliver this morning because I have a big mouth personality right like what do you all hear I said personality what do you hear you know. Like, like I, I, I know. Oftentimes, I get excited, and I'm like, I'm demonstrative in my mo, you know, and my demeanor, and all that's happening. And so, this morning, I really want you to hear the voice of God today, and maybe try not to listen so much to the voice of some slick-haired white shoe evangelist today. Come on, somebody, you understand what I'm saying? Uh, let's really key in on what the Word of God is having to say to us today. And so, uh, I believe as, as as we have as, as I'm wrapping up this and, and coming to a finale here of this Riverweight series, and even last week. As, as, as we went through the Mon Valley, starting in Point Marion through Brownsville and, and finishing in belvernon Vernon, and watching God do some awesome things and making connections with people and introducing them to Jesus Christ and just watching God do some awesome things. You know, you, you've heard us say these things over the last year or so. As Even we talked about the culture shock, how what is happening in the world has only been given permission to happen because we have first allowed to have it happen in our own home and our own house here in the house of God. See, First Peter says that judgment actually doesn't start in the world. Judgment starts in the house of God. And if we want to say how horrible and painful and sinful and fallen the world is, maybe it's because the church has led the way. And when I say the church, I'm not talking about the building, I'm talking about the people, the called out ones, the ecclesia, those of us who are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God, that we are the body of Christ and we have allowed the standards of holiness and righteousness and morality to be compromised in our complacency and in our complaining and in our convenience and we have allowed the world to dictate to us how we can live instead of stand- setting a standard of holiness and truth that is found on only in God's word. Regardless of what becomes popular, regardless of what the current culture may say, listen, the grass will wither and the flowers will fade, but the word of God stands forever and forever and forever. My God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so today I want to lift up this truth and the eternal standard of God's word. That's why i want to give you a lot of scripture today as we dive into this. And, and as, as I've been praying through this and as, as you've heard us through these, this River Wake series, as we started off talking about we are believing for a Monongahela, right? That this Monongahela of the presence of God to tear down the strongholds, the banks of the river would fall and the river of the Holy Spirit would flow free, freely through us, through our community, through our county and our region for the glory of Jesus Christ. That's what this series, that's what we've been talking all about over the last several weeks. It's why we went through the Mon Valley because we are believing for Monongahela, the the, the tearing down of those banks to to fall in the name of Jesus Christ. But I want to remind you again that everything starts and begins with God and His people here as we set the standard of the truth of God's Word in this world. And the only way strongholds that we want to identify out there are going to fall is if we first cause them to fall in here. You want to tear down poverty and addiction and and, 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 and all the craziness and all the pain and all the sin, the circumstances of this world. We've got to call it what it is. We don't, listen, we don't have an addiction problem. You, you don't have a drinking problem. Uh, you, you, you don't have a pornography problem. Uh, you, you don't have a, an anger issue, a problem. Uh, you don't have, listen, it's not, they're not problems. We like to label them problems when in fact God says they're not problems, they're sin. Because if we could just say they're problems, everybody has a problem. It's no big deal. You know, we can kind of just move on with knife and nothing's ever going to change. If we can label it, then we can manipulate it. And God says, "I listen, God says this is sin. That he has called us to be reconciled back to himself. Now, I want to identify this so we're very clear on what I'm talking about. Sin, it, listen, sin is not popular opinion. Uh, sin is not dictated by uh, by what some religious system sets up and says, you got, you got to do some religious hokey pokey to put your left foot in and your left foot out and, and say 13 of these things and then go wash your mom's dishes and then everything's fine yeah I'm going there come on somebody the last time I checked when Jesus went in the temple he threw out the religious people so he could minister to the people that really wanted and needed him oh boy Tim careful <laughs> what's, what's sin well to be very specific this word that's translated sin just simply means to miss the mark to turn off the path to miss the mark whether it's intentional or not, it doesn't matter. You've missed the mark. You didn't, it didn't happen. You know, yesterday was the opening day for archery season in Pennsylvania. I don't know if you know this enough for deer. Right? Last year, uh, my son Hudson loves to hunt, and so I, that's awesome. And so I, I don't really get to shoot much anymore. It's all him, which is great. I love that. I don't care if I ever shoot another deer in my life as long as I get to see him shoot him, right? So much fun. Well, he was there and very early in the season last year. And this monster, probably at least a 140, maybe a 150s class deer, which if you know anything about that, is a ginormous buck for our area. Like it's big for anybody, but for our area, that's crazy big. Steps out. And it's uphill just a little bit, about 25 yards, and I'm sitting in the blind with him, and he's got everything ready to go, and I, I take a range finder, do the little clock so I know where it is, and say, okay, and I tell him, son, it's 25 yards. Okay, Dad. Right? My heart is like beating out my chest right now. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I am nervous. My knees are knocking. I go and, you know, I, I just, I, I go and I, I bought, a, you know, a pack of Depends at the store and everything. Like, I'm... <laughs> ready ready see the problem is though is that i trained hudson to use a 20 yard pen and a 30 yard pen and depending on when you're in archery, you know, when, when you shoot archery, you know, I don't know if you know, an arrow doesn't just like fly out and drop down. It kind of has a bit of an arc to it, right? And so depending on how far it is, is dependent upon where you need to use those pins. And so if, particularly in our area, how many understand we don't get to hunt on like flat little sissy Ohio lands, you know? You know what I'm talking about? Like we, this is where real men hunt, you know you know what I'm saying? We're in, we're in the mountains, we're in the hills, things are up and down here and you got to be able to adjust that. And if you're, this deer was just a little uphill, just 25 yards away so he really needed to use his 30 yard pin and I never told him and he pulls up does everything he's supposed to do lets a perfect shot go to what he knows to be perfect shot and then went right underneath that, that buck's belly and you know and then that's that's pretty much it I never saw that deer again you know it was over he still missed the mark wasn't his fault but he missed the mark you understand let me explain it to you this way. If you get pulled over for speeding, right? And the cop comes in and says, sir, you were doing 70 in a 55. And you say, well, I didn't know it was 55. I thought it was 70. Is that going to get you out of the ticket? No. doesn't matter whether or not you knew. It, listen, you were breaking the law. It's sin. It's missing the mark. It's turning off the path. That's what sin is. And you say, well, I'm a, you know, I'm, you know, maybe you think you're the perfect person or whatever. Well, can I tell you, just by living in this world, you are living in a fallen world. The heart of man is sinful. Let me explain it to you this way. Adam and Eve messed this all up for us. The Bible tells us, Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world and Adam sinned brought death. So death spread to everyone for everyone sinned. You go all the way back at the beginning of this whole thing. Man was created, God originally created us to live in perfect relationship with him, that God would come to this earth and walk with us and talk with us in the, in the, in the beautiful stillness of that garden and have a, a beautiful relationship with Adam and Eve. And then, just like what the devil loves to do, he questions, he makes us question what the Word of God says. Did he really say you, don't, you shouldn't eat from there? Did he really say that, that you can't eat? No, he didn't say you can't eat. He said that you shouldn't eat it. And then the Satan goes, well, you don't want to know why? Because if you eat it, then you're going to become like him. You want to know why Satan was thrown out of heaven? Because he wanted to be like God. So now Satan wants you to be like him. So that you want to be like God and know everything about everybody. And you start questioning God's word because you don't really know God's word because you've never studied God's word to show yourself approved. You just read it and look it out on a screen on a Sunday morning. You can't even get yourself off your couch to even make your way to church because you don't wanna get out of your pajamas because it's become way too convenient for you just to sit at home. That has nothing to do with medical reasons or anything like that at all. But you're just scared to death to, to go out and actually change your life because if we don't change, we can always stay where we are. And if we always stay where we are, we can always manipulate where we are because I know where I am and I know what I can do for you. And if things happen to change, then I don't know how, what's going to happen next. How many understand without faith it's impossible to please God? Faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. I don't know, really know everything that's going to happen, but I know that all things work together for the good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Then it's not up to me to bring the results, it's up to me to surrender to God. See, we have to reconcile our books here. We have to bring this back in order. God says that here that, that he became sin who knew no sin so that we might be called the righteousness of God. That we are in this ministry of reconciliation, calling people back to relationship with God the way it was supposed to be, the way God created Adam and Eve to live, but then mankind went and messed it up like we're good at doing. Come on, somebody. And then we go here, and re- here's what reconciliation means. To reconcile means to return to favor, to balance, to be made right. How many understand, if you spend more than you have? That actually still happens in our culture. The government's going to quit bailing you out sooner or later. So guess who else is going to run out of money? Your dollar's getting worth worth less and less every day because they just keep printing more and more every day. You better stop relying upon some manipulation of, of a number that you can try and put in a book, and let's make the balance sheet zero again. Be nice if our government would do that from once in a while. Say, Tim, you're getting political. No, I'm getting biblical. If your Bible doesn't change your politics and your politics are changing your Bible, and honey, you're on a slippery path to hell. I need the old school wooden pulpit to hide behind right here for a second. This is serious. This is life and death. Romans six twenty three says, For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We have to come back into reconciliation here. I believe there is a reconciled resurrection that is about to happen in this room that's going to change everything. Listen, as, I, as I've as i traveled over the, over the last several years, you know, I average between I told you this before I average between 1,200 and 1,400 miles a week I travel. That's my average, and I I'd go up and down roads, see a lot of different things, a lot of crazy things. And God really showed me this this week. You know, we've been praying for this Monongahela, for the banks of of these rivers to fall, and for the the beautiful presence of God, the river of God to flow freely. You want to know why it's not flowing freely? Because we're not letting Him. Do you think God really doesn't want to pour out His Holy Spirit? Do you think God really doesn't want to bless? you think God really doesn't want to bring revival? you think God really doesn't want to do these things? No, it's up to us. And as I've been traveling, I've watched, and, you know, there's a lot of construction, a lot of things that happen. You know, how many of you know that, 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 that the, the, the Pennsylvania State flower in the springtime is the orange cone? Come on, somebody. Right? That nice little orange cone over there. And, and you know, here's what ends up happening. We move, you know, we're, we're not in those nice little flatlands where they can just kind of move the road around, do whatever they want nice and easy. No, we got to move hillsides. somebody. Come on. Like, they, they get the big dozers, the big backhoes, they go in, I mean, they just, the, all the rock trucks, and I mean, they just tear it all apart, and they move, I mean, they'll move an entire hillside, and you know what they do when they're done with that hillside? They don't just leave it barren. If they leave it barren, that hillside's going to fall down into the road that they just made, and then no traffic's going to be able to go through it. What do they do? They end up planting vegetation along that hillside, don't they? These little weeds, right? It's just all over the place. They just they, they take and spray it, that green stuff. You know, like I can come spray my yard. it's a little brown, but that's all They come and they spray at this hillside, and then it's just these weeds, and it's these little tiny weeds, just the little roots and all these little weeds. It's not that this, this weed's so powerful, but that there's so many of these weeds and vegetation that's on this hillside, it's all these little tiny roots that hold that entire hillside up. you want to know why we haven't experienced a hail of the presence of God? Because we've allowed the weeds to stay in our life. The sin that so easily entangles us. We just allow those things to stay there. I believe today in the name of Jesus the Lord has anointed me to show you that you can pull those things out today in the name of Jesus Christ, and the banks of that river is gonna fall down. I'm not I'm not waiting for next week, I'm not waiting for next year, I'm not waiting for somebody else to get elected into office. I believe today in the name of Jesus that we can call things right now what it is, and we're tearing up the sin. We are pulling them out by the roots in the name of Jesus Christ, and the banks of the river are gonna fall down, and we are going to experience the free-flowing presence of the glory of God right now to usher us into this end time in Jesus name how do we do this? What how do we how do we make sure that we're going to be reconciled into this new life, this resurrection, this new life? Well, look at verse 18. It says, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to Himself through Christ, and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. He brought us back to himself. There is a narrow pathway back to the power, the person and the power, and being in relationship with God. And that narrow pathway is Jesus Christ. We have to stay on path. My Bible continues to say that jesus is the only way the only truth and the only life you can't get to heaven any other way but through jesus it's not from being happy it's not from feeling good about yourself it's not from voting red or blue or trying to do whatever else you think is going to make it happen in this world it's by simply calling upon the name of jesus christ but here's the problem many of us believe it but we don't behave it Oh, we believe Jesus. We, we believe he's wiped away our sins. But why are we still living in the life of sin that he supposedly wiped away? We're making liars out of ourselves and of God. Now one of your family don't want to be a part of anything going on here. Let's identify these missteps. How do we get off this path? Compromise. The sin of compromise. Proverbs twenty five twenty eight says a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. No big deal. We just compromise. Compromise ends up, we're too concerned about what's going on in the world. We want to be current with the culture instead of being committed to Christ. A friend of mine, he told me, been, uh, several years ago, he was preaching somewhere. And he went to this church. You know, I don't know if you know, I, I, try, I go to different churches. This is my home church. I love this place, my home base. We've never been so blessed in our lives to have a home church like we have here. But we'll go to different churches for two or three, four days, whatever, or something. Whatever. and sometimes it goes longer with, it depends on what God's doing. And, and uh, my friend goes to this particular church, and the pastor says, brother, I just want you to know, there's a couple of things you just got to be careful about. Don't preach about sin and don't preach about commitment because the people don't like it here. <laughs> we laugh, but a lot of us don't want pastored. We want pandered. Because we don't want to be told how to live. We just want to be told how we're living's okay because God's grace just covers it. No, it's, everything's great. And we just compromise time after time after time because it's going to be okay. We'll be forgiven. When we give the devil a foothold, honey, he doesn't just step in. He takes over. compromise. There's complacency. Proverbs one thirty two says, for simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. Oh. Another word for complacency is convenience. You know, just what's easy. How many understand following the life of God is not easy in a fallen world? It's not about being happy, although I'm happy a lot. Come on, somebody, (laughs) right? It's not about being happy. It's not because here's the deal: my happiness changes with every every time my mood changes, every time the season changes, every time something else goes on. My moods change all the time. Listen, we're all moody. Don't act like I'm the only moody person in the world. Come on, somebody. It's just convenience. We just we continue to compromise, we become complacent, and we just allow these, these things just to overtake our life little by little, step by step. There's an old uh, a song at Casting Crown sang several years ago said, It's a slow fade when you give yourself away. Black and white turns to gray. Thoughts invade, choices made, a price will be paid when you give yourself away. See, my family and I, we listen, I really believe God knew what he was doing when he put me and Katie together. I really believe this. You wanna know why? Because she loves the crispy edges of the brownie pan. And I love the gooey middle. Come on, somebody. I mean, how many of you are saved and love the gooey middle this morning? Come on, somebody right, don't you cook that all the way through don't you put all that water in there come on, use oil, come on somebody, stop using oil stop using water, use a little milk and some oil and then you take that, you don't cook it all the way through, which means if it tells you to put whatever it is, 350, you don't put it at 350, you put it at 325, and then you don't cook it all the way, you cook, you cook it for like 4 or 5 minutes less, come on somebody, I'm getting blessed right now hallelujah right, it's a good thing, I didn't mean to offend you Dave I know, right? There goes the Crispy Edge guy. Somebody anoint him with a gallon of milk in the name of Jesus. That worked out so well. I love it. Uh, if you think we can't have fun in church, what do you think of we've be doing in heaven forever? Come on, somebody. Think we're going to be a bad time up here? Well, Katie loves the edges. I love the gooey middle. I do. I love it. Absolutely love it. My kids have started to learn. They've learned to love brownies, and, so, and it's great. A couple of my kids love the edges, and a couple of my kids love the gooey middle. It's awesome. God hasn't worked out. We can take a whole pan of brownies and finish it in about three and a half seconds. <laughs> it's true. Look, my kids are getting blessed over there right now. Josiah is salivating and drooling. He looks like he's got rabies right now. <laughs> but several. we made these pan of brownies and you did everything we're supposed to. Use the mix, you know. The Hershey's mix, by the way, is the best. The double chocolate Hershey's. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. (laughs) And then, you know, the eggs and oil and all that stuff and did the right thing. Turn the oven back a little bit and then what you're supposed to do, didn't cook it just as long so the edges still get brownie, but the middle stays gooey. Hallelujah. And then everything was perfect and I I made it, I, I did everything right. And so the kids know you can smell it. Everything's awesome. And they come running in. They're ready to eat the brownies. Everything's perfect. Well, we got a dog a couple of years ago. Right? I don't know about your dog, but my dog likes to leave me love offerings in the yard. Right? And, and so I went out to the yard and I was getting one of those love offerings and just took a pinch of the pinch. Some of you will get that in a second. You're going to be eating your pot roast here in a, in a few hours go, oh, that's good. A pinch of a pinch. And it took just a... Just, I mean, not even, just barely enough to mush in between my fingers. And I brought it in, and while nobody was watching, I put it in the brownie mix. It wasn't enough. You couldn't smell it. You couldn't taste it. You couldn't, like, you couldn't, you had no idea it was there, but I made it. And I, give the, I gave the kids the brownie pan. And just as they start to die, because it's three and a half, I'm, I'm like, you're going to tell them up front, like, hey, listen, everything's right, but I just want you to know, I just put a pinch of a pinch of Melly's love offering in there you think they want to eat the brownies would you just a little bit doesn't matter right just one drink just one shot just one this just one that just one look just one conversation it's just one bad joke compromise and complacency there's complaining philippians two fourteen says do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you live clean innocent lives as children of god shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people some of us got to learn to stop complaining so much about everything some of you have complained so much about a president you don't like god people the world will never listen to anything you have to say about christ I hate what is happening in our nation right now. Hate it. I hate even more that my loved ones are going to hell. What's your choice? We're never going to defeat darkness by talking about how dark it is. You've heard us say these things over and over and over again. You say, Tim, why do you keep saying the same things? Because we keep doing the same things. Stop. Stop. You're making reconciling people back to the Lord harder than what it should be. The good news has never sounded so good in the, ever in history. But we can't get the good news out because the world tells a lie much better than the church tells the truth. Because we're too busy muddling about the lies of this world. Let's start lifting up the goodness of Jesus Christ. Let's stop talking about how horrible everything is and let's start talking about how Jesus came and surrendered his life and that he gave us himself so that we could be called children of God. We don't don't defeat darkness by talking about how dark it is, we defeat darkness by turning on the light. Come on, somebody. Amen. There's complaining, there's comparison talking about social media Galatians 1.10 says obviously I'm not trying to win the approval of people but of God it's pleasing pe- if pleasing people were my goal I would not be Christ's servant a lot of us go to social media for a couple of different reasons and they're all evil we want to go and complain about something right because it's easier how many of you know there are more Google reviews about bad things than there are good things Right? You're more likely to write a Google review if it's a bad experience than you are if it's a good experience. Right. Took a half hour for the waiter to come back. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. My steak wasn't cooked correctly. And we want to compare. We want to go on social media and then we, we want to take, you know, we, we want to look at everybody's highlight reels and compare it to our everyday life. It's what we do. How many understand it? That perfect picture of that family, right? We'll take pictures. I you know, my family. I mean, come on, think about it. Trying to get my kids to stand still, let alone me. Huh? You know, and then we got a dog. Remember, Melly, love offering? You know, we all like, we all like, we all stand there. You think it takes just one time, just one picture to make that happen? You don't see all the editing that goes in, all the takes that have happened, all the, but here's what we do. We look at one, so what the highlight reel, the one perfect picture it gets posted on social media and then we try and compare it to our everyday life and wonder why our imperfect everyday life doesn't match up to that one perfect picture that they took. Because we don't really know all the takes that are laying on the editing floor, all, all, all the stuff that's been done in, in Photoshop to put everybody's faces right and smile and open up their eyes and do all the things they're supposed to do to get the dog to look at just the right. Mean, all the crazy things. And we take that and we compare. God hasn't called you to be somebody else. He's called you to be you. And you don't need man's approval. If there, listen, if there are any young people in the room can I just promise you this? And there's a lot of even adults, I don't even know why, I can't believe I'm even calling you adult. Can I tell you to stop taking that bathroom picture? Well, some of y'all getting blessed right now. There's freedom coming in the room, right? All right I'm thankful that they have moved on a little bit from the duck face, right? The, right? That one's kind of gone. But now, now they do this dumb thing where they smile and stick their tongue out at the same time like, Lord. You know, my mom used to tell me that if you keep doing that, your face is going to stick that way. You know what I'm saying? And you post on social media and it does stick that way forever. That's the way you look. You think, that's how you look. And we do it all so we can get enough people to like us. I hope I get 50 likes. I hope I get 100 likes. I hope, I hope I get this, and then we look, and then we start looking, and we keep going back. How many people liked it today? Who said this about it today? Who got all that today? And then we and then we look at some, oh, that person got 150 likes, but I only got 98 likes. I I'm, I'm, must not be. I must not be as pretty as her. These aren't problems. These this is sin, because it all it distracts us from the intention and the purpose of who Jesus is in our life. How do we overcome this? How do we stay on the path? Well, we have to stay set in our priorities.